And this is Encounter with God here on Faith FM. You are with Lyle and Mon, and we have another clue for our quiz. What about yes, that, Mon? we do have another clue for our quiz. Hey, Lyle, can you do us a favour? Mm. How about I read out the clue from the quiz, and you get my Bible from the box next to you? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit disorganised this morning, are we, Mon? <laughs> Look, the food downstairs is so good because breakfast service has just started. And I just couldn't resist. I ran down there and got myself a whole big plate of hot food. It's not very often I get a big plate of hot breakfast. It's a, it's a rarity. Okay, but let me give you a new clue for our quiz. Thank you, Lyle, for my Bible. Okay, clue number four. What am I? The lame man at the gate called Beautiful asked Peter and John for this. Lyle, why was the gate called Beautiful? Was it like... Because it was beautiful. Really why ugly? do you think it was called... <laughs> What kind of a question is that? Why was it called beautiful? Okay, but you know how the Ishtar Gate is at that Pergamon Museum in Berlin, Germany? Is the gate called beautiful in any museum? Can I go see it somewhere? Is there like any sort of accurate depiction of it? I, I really want to see this gate. No, you cannot go see it. The only Man. gate that... Well, there are a number of gates that you can see in Jerusalem, but none of the gates to the temple. So you can see the Golden Gate. Um, you can see the... Um, yeah, I can't remember the other gates. That's a pain. There's a few, there's a few different ones, though. Look, if you're going to name a gate beautiful, you'd better preserve it. That's what I'm saying. Like You can't go given these like hoity-toity names that really build up people's expectations and then not somehow, you know, allow people for the rest of generations to see have it. Have you seen the Ishtar Gate? I have. Do you think it's beautiful? I do. Yeah, it is It's amazing. Absolutely. I love the blue with the, with the golden lions. Yeah. It's amazing. Yep. But I Definitely. think that's beautiful. And that was called Ishtar. So can you imagine how beautiful the gate called beautiful was? Oh, absolutely. This was the temple that was in Jerusalem. It was one of the uh, wonders of the ancient world that would have been absolutely Maybe. spectacular. Maybe we should have like a drawing competition for the the kids that want, that listen to our show. They can draw what they think the beautiful gate looked like, and we can judge and see who's the best. Maybe. Oh, a colouring in competition or something. Yeah, that'd be fun. Have a little think about that one. Yep. All right, so what have we got coming up today? We've been talking about metaphors for the church, mm-hmm. um, and so we started off with the church as a nation. We then talked about the church as a house. Yeah, building. Then we talked about the church as a temple, and uh-huh. we have another one coming up today, Mon, so I wonder if Ooh. you can look in, turn for us to First Corinthians chapter 12 First and start reading for us in... Verse 12. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. And while we're just looking up those verses, just a quick reminder that there is a YouTube up on our YouTube channel. So if you are a subscriber, you need to go there right now. It has the instructions on how you can collect your prize. So you need to go there and uh, watch that YouTube channel, YouTube video, and uh, we will get your prize out to you. Uh, We'll be in contact with you today. So where were we going? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 12. 12. And verse 12. And we also should mention mm. that mm. we have a holiday here at Jindabyne, two of them. Yes, to give away. Uh, drawing those tomorrow, so we're starting to run short on time right now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so do get on the phone, 1-800-324-843, and give us a call right now because this is this will be your, your the most amazing holiday ever. Two, two nights accommodation uh, for a couple, uh, summer pass, right here in Jindabyne, right or where we family. are right now. In, yeah, or a family. Mm-hmm. And uh, and of course that uh, um, is uh, yeah just spectacular place yeah. right? and that's in the chalets. Well, I f- we do a two hour show here every morning. I feel like we need to do a three hour show just 
so we can have an extra hour to talk about all the stuff we give away. We have so many giveaways happening right now. We've got our YouTube giveaway. We have this Alpine Holiday Lodge giveaway. We have our, our pr- uh, quiz prize giveaway. We have our end of the show giveaway. There's so many giveaways happening. We really need extra time. And and, 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 and it's because we like the blessing because more blessed to give than receive. So we get bigger blessing than you guys do. <laughs> Does that mean it's you have selfish scheme. motives, Lyle? Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely selfish motives. Okay, right? okay. Let me read this verse out. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. It says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. How many parts are there in the human body, Mon? Oh, dude, I can't even count them all. I mean, you can be like, like just general fingers. Yeah, but then like. You can't just say fingers because your fingers are your fingernails and your cuticles and your your, your knuckles and your bones and your blood vessels. In the, like, it, it, depending on how far deep you want to go, you could be here all day. If you want to count up every single cell and every single family of cells and every like everything. Well, remember when we were while. talking about uh, a few weeks back, we had uh, um, Dr. Stephen Taylor from the University of uh, Liverpool was on the show talking about the uh, synthase motor. Mm-hmm. And I th- what did he say? We have uh, 200 trillion of them in our body? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's just a little electric motor. Yeah. I mean, you can't uh, even just say... To, that's used to charge up, um, charge little batteries within our cells. I mean, even just saying that your head is one body part. Well, on your head, you've got your hair, your eyebrows, your eyes, your nose, your lips, your ears. And even just saying something like eyebrows, well, your eyebrows are made up of hairs. And, like, you, just, you can keep cutting it finer and finer and finer and there's still more to find. And how many hairs are there on your head, Mon? Do you know what? I really... I have no idea, but I really don't think we've been and discovered everything there is to discover about the human body. Not even close. Yeah, particularly yeah. particularly the head and particularly the brain. Uh-huh. Um, I think that is probably the one organ of the human body that is the least understood. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody that I talk to that's into you know research, they always tell me that we know less about the brain than any other organ of the body. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I feel like it's, it's one of those fascinating stuff. One of those uh, organs. The more we learn about it, the more we realize. <laughs> How much we don't know about it at all. <laughs> okay, so when the when the Bible describes um, the Church of God as being like a body with many parts, maybe it's like the kids' version, like head, shoulders, knees, and toes. I guess <laughs> it's just the simple, basic body part. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm thinking not. I think the the metaphor is actually accurate. Okay, because I'm looking at across you know Christianity mm-hmm. around the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking myself the question, what have we got uh, 2.1 billion Christians in the yes, world? That's, that's a fair right. few. And there are within, you know, every single one of those is an individual. Every individual is different from every other individual. Mm-hmm. And every individual has a unique role to play within God's church. That's right. And so the Christian church, I guess, in many ways is quite simple at 2.1 billion mm-hmm. compared to the human body, which has 200 trillion synthase motors in it. And that's just talking about one thing. So this is actually a really great metaphor. It's a fantastic metaphor. Bible knew what we were talking about before we knew what we were talking about. I think the, I think that uh, Paul may have underestimated just how accurate his words were when mm-hmm. they were inspired by the Holy Spirit to right. write this down. Okay, so let's go back to uh, what we were talking, what we were reading here. Where were we? we were in First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. Mm-hmm. What did we read? The body, as the body is one and has many members, all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. That's the KJV version just to twist your tongue for you this morning. And, Thanks, Lyle. Uh, Appreciate it. Yeah, get you woken up. Um, but the Bible describes that, you know, all of these parts of the body, all of these parts of the body 
they all function together as one. Mm-hmm. And that's the key thing because when you look at, okay, so we've got 200,000 synthase motors operating in our body right now charging, you know, uh, three little electric batteries, you know, every revolution and they're doing about 9,000 RPM. Uh, and, and that's just one tiny part of a cell. Mm. And yet, if they break down, things go haywire, don't they? That's right. We need all... All of those parts of the body for it to work and to be effective. You can't get away with like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to switch all the synthase motors off today. <laughs> yeah. I, you, I wouldn't let's, even let's know shut, what muscle to flex let's, that happens. Let's, let's shut those things down for the day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, you can – you can. Uh, what, what do we have? Uh, he was talking about the size of them um, compared to the Namiki motor, which is produced in Japan today, which is about half a millimeter across. And you could put 200,000 of those um, synthase motors beside the Namiki motor and there would still be room. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and, and, and such a vital, a vital piece of equipment in our body. You can't shut that thing down, else we are just going to collapse and die and be a blubbering mess on the floor and, and mm-hmm, dead in mm-hmm. no time. Uh, and, and it's the same with Christianity, you know. We, we could look out on Christianity and say, you know, there's some parts of Christianity. I don't like this part or that part or the other part. Let's shut those parts down. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that we are to be united in one. You know, we might we might look across. Well, you know, that that uh, people group over there. Maybe we'll we'll uh, shut that people group down. But then, you know, um, they are a vital part of the body of Christ. They are just as vital as every other part, and they are required to make the body of Christ function. And without that people group, then there's so many people that you know would just are not reached for Christ. Yeah, we need to be very mindful of that. That we're not just. We're not an island. We're a part of a big group that makes up one body. Yeah. Okay, read us another verse there for us, Mon. Okay, verse 13 says, Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. Verse 13. Really? Really. Okay. Do you want me to keep going? Mm Mm-hmm. But all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, your translation is quite different to mine, but it got it gets there in the end. No, I might have to read what yours says. Because I have the NLT, the New Living Translation, and you have the KJV, or is it the KJV according to Lyle? <laughs> You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, KJV according to Lyle for the most part. Um, <clears throat> yes, so uh, when you read those first two lines, my first two lines go like this, and compare this with your first two lines. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. What does your first two lines say? Some are Jews, some are Gentiles. Yeah, you started yeah. on that like, yeah. what verse are you in? It gets That's through the, my, but it gets there. It gets to the baptism in the spirit. That's right. Bit. First, it's got to clarify a few other things. They say, they say exactly the same thing, just in reverse. Oh, okay. Oh, I wonder why they did that. Uh, probably Old English versus New English. But, but you, I like my KJV. Yeah, but switching the it's entire probably, structure of the sentence around shouldn't really be like a difference between Old English and New English, right? I mean, I understand, yeah, I understand no, taking it is, out... It is, it is back in Old English. They used to say stuff backwards. Okay, fine. Whatever. You've done Shakespeare, right? Oh, I hate Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always wondered, you know, when we were doing Shakespeare, it's like, why are we doing Shakespeare? Yeah, you know, if, you want, if you want to learn, if you want to learn, you know, sixteenth, uh, seventeenth uh, century English, then use the KJV. Look, I was never into Shakespeare. Like, I get that he was incredibly talented in the way he wrote, the way he used his words, the way he wrote and put stuff together. But for me, it wasn't enough 
to be a fan based on just that because I would look at the product as a whole and think, well, this is a sad story that everyone, everyone dies in. Why would I want to watch that? <laughs> I want to read that or watch it or engage with it in any way. I don't care how prettily it's been written. Everyone dies in the end. I'm not interested. And the simple fact is that if you want to look for quality literature from a liter- literature perspective alone, just looking for mm-hmm. you know, the highest quality literature that there is from that era, the KJV trumps Shakespeare all day long. I'll take it. And so, you if, uh, if uh, so, 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 Mon, when you become a school teacher or you are um, teaching your own kids or whatever, and you want to teach them, you know, 16th century literature, mm-hmm. just teach them the KJV Bible. Like that's what I learned when I was a kid. It was, and that's why I kind of still use it today because I yeah. got used to it. You know, and I was, I was just always mortified at the themes that we were learning in in Shakespearean um, writings. But I, I remember, I remember sitting in class and being flabbergasted that we were allowed to study this stuff out. With these, you know, murder and, and all this kind of stuff happening in it when, you know, the movies we, we were, weren't allowed to watch, you know, that were rated G or PG. I was like, I feel like this book should be rated M or R because of the content it has, but it's been excused because of how it's been written. And for me, it was, it was just never good enough to excuse it. So, yeah, that's my little two cents there on Shakespeare. Sorry, guys. There you go. Are we sidetracked? Well and truly. <laughs> all right. So we were talking about uh, verse thirteen. One by by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. So what's the unifying force right here? Uh, baptism uh, and the spirit. Baptism and the spirit. So the spirit is the thing that unifies us because it is the same Holy Spirit that fills people who come from Australia uh, compared to people who come from Scandinavia compared to people who come from Argentina compared to people who come from Samoa compared to people who come from wherever it is in the world. It's the same Holy Spirit. Okay, but it says we're, ba- we're baptized, right? Mm-hmm. So baptism is obviously quite important. Yes. What have we been so baptized? You've got two different? kinds of baptism that the Bible speaks about. You've got baptism of the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. baptism by water. And the both the Bible says both are necessary. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus says, unless or except you are baptized by water and the Spirit. Does that mean we've found a loophole? Because you know how we have to treat each other with respect because we're all part of the one body. Mm-hmm. Does that mean if we have a church member or someone who's of a different religion who's been baptized differently to the biblical baptism of immersion, immersion does that mean they're not really part of the body of Christ and we don't have to be nice to them? That's a really good question and a question that you can't answer and that I can't answer because God is the one who decides who's a part of the body of Christ. And the real key here is baptism by the Holy Spirit. It's baptism by the Holy Spirit that makes you a part of the body of Christ. And we talked about this, I think, yesterday, you know, mm-hmm. how that God can see who belongs to him. That's right. Yeah. And we can't see who belongs to God. And so God knows who has been baptized by the Holy Spirit. And you become a part of God's church by baptism of the Holy Spirit. You become part of a local church by baptism by water. There you go. And they're both just as important as each other. You need to be a part of a local church and you need to be part of you know, God's universal church. Um, God's universal church is where salvation is found. Your local church is where evangelism takes place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you do, you, without a structure and without organization, you have no possibility of being able to evangelize the world. And both of those are necessary. Both of them are important. Sometimes we, we place more importance on one than on the other, and that should not be the case. It's true. They're both we, we we need both, and we, who are we to judge any other human really? We're so, we're so yeah, we finite love in our understanding and in our comprehension of sit up the back of the church. Uh, we 
tear, wheat tear, you know. <laughs> Personally, I've never done that, Lyle. I just want to mention that now. It's a Lyle <laughs> thing, apparently. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's something that happens all too mm-hmm. frequently. And, you know, we need to recognize that, you know, there are tremendous varieties within our church. There are tremendous, you know, cultural differences. There are differences in the way that people worship, with the way people connect to God. You know, even the differences just across this table right here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I I I I, th- I think about the differences between the way Shell and I worship. Yep. Shell loves to sing; she lives she for does, music. Yeah. You know, I sit there and I'm like, huh. let's get the singing over so that the worship can start. Yeah. <laughs> and worship for me starts when the Bible is opened. Mm-hmm. And there are other people who sit there and it's like, ah, let's close our Bible so we can start worshiping. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, of course we need all aspects to become a balanced Christian, but different people. Connect to God in different ways. The problem is that we all think that our way of connecting to God is the only way. Yes. And when we when we approach uh, God's church that way, when we approach our worship experience that way, as our way being the only way that is going to be uh, acceptable because it works for us, and therefore it must work for everyone. And then we wonder why there is conflict in the church. It's a little bit like the love languages. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you think about the love language. You've got the five love languages. What are they again? You've got... Uh, touch, gifts, acts of service, quality time, and words of affirmation. That's right. And so if you have, if your love language is words of affirmation, mm-hmm. what you're going to be constantly doing to others is telling them how much you love and care for them. Mm-hmm. And if their love language is, say, uh, acts of kindness or deeds, and it's not words, then your words are having zero effect on them. Yeah. And they're like, like nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not going to respond because... Um, You're not doing an act of service. But the yeah. reason that you use those, those words is because that's what applies to you. That's right. Uh, and, and so we always express love to others in the way that we like love expressed to us. We then, um, and so that, that can, you know, that if, if people in relationships don't understand that, it'll completely bring the relationship apart because um, the, the, uh, the other people just never feel like they're loved at all. And so... Um, but it takes, it takes a little bit of gentleness on both, like in a couple, on both persons' part because, you know, the, the words person needs to realize that although they express, you know, their love through words, that their partner hears it through acts of service. They need to do some more acts. But the person on the other side needs to realize that the person is doing acts of service just so they can communicate. Whereas when they speak, they need to sort of understand that when they're expressing their their words, that they're also trying to communicate their love. So you you need to be uh, understanding on both parts. Not just like, I only speak this so you can only communicate to me in my love language. You have to understand that they're going to speak to you in a different love language. And And appreciate it when they do. Appreciate they're putting the effort forward. And it's it's the same with worship. Mm -hmm. You know, um, one person who worships one way, you know, who really connects with God one way is going to expect everybody to be the same as him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, if he sets up, you know, or she sets up a worship service, it's going to be based around what impacts them. And we need to recognize that we're all different. That's right. Um, you know, and, and Christian service and love, you know, that's what those two things together really is what really binds us together uh, within the church. Okay, so we've got all of this diversity, and First Corinthians is all about diversity. Uh, just a quick note, if those of you have no idea what the five love languages are, go look it up. It's a wonderful book by Gary uh, Chapman. He's a counsellor, marriage counsellor. So, yeah, good book. Check it out. Really helpful. 
Yeah, absolutely. The other one that's really good is the one that's called uh, Love, Love and, and Respect. Respect. Who's that one by? Uh, Dr. Emerson Egerich. There you go. Also really good. Two of the best books I've ever written. Talking uh, about read. how the women respond to love and men respond to respect. And so men respect their women and that gets them nowhere. And women love their men and that gets nowhere. Yeah. And if we actually figure cycle. out how the, how the other person uh, responds, mm-hmm. then it, uh, it just goes like wildfire. Yeah. Two, two, literally two of the best books I've ever read about relationships. So, And that was – even though I'm not, in a, in a, I'm not married, but it really helped – all my relationships with any males in my life. So, like, you know, my father, my brother, my boss, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. All right. So, we have, uh, oh, we've got, some, we've got some live audience members coming up into Ooh, the studio. Very so, welcome, guys. Come and, uh, come and sit in and, and, and join us there in the background. We'll be back right after this song break.
listening to Remember Knoxville with Blessed Be the Tie That Binds here on Faith FM. And as we kick off the next portion of our encounter with God, we have another clue for our quiz. We have uh, some great nomads joining us here, a bit of a live audience happening, which we always like to have. And we'll see if one of them can get the yes, quiz. We I'm must be down to intrigued. some. Uh, some easier clues. Now, yes, the, the, I think the next clue is probably our easiest give the, clue. Give, the, for give, this. These, give these guys the first one. See if they can get it. From okay, me. I'll give you the first clue, which is the hardest this, clue. This, this is a trick question, guys. And if you know the answer, trick put question. up your hand. Uh, so, what am I, Joseph Jacob's son, collected all of this that was found in Egypt and Canaan? Mm. Joseph collected all of this that was found in Egypt and Canaan. Any ideas? Any ideas? You got one, one, one hand going up there with a maybe. Okay, I'm going I'm to give it's, it's, it's a, Be warned, it's a trick question. Lyle got it wrong it's the first the, time. It's not the obvious. Time. It tricked me up and I, I completely got it wrong. Okay, right, read for so the let's have the, okay. let's have the current one. Okay, so the next clue is, what am I? Jesus says you cannot serve both God and this because no man can serve two masters. All right, we've got some hands coming up. Yeah, we've got some hands now. coming up now. All right, who, who, are we got, we got, I, I think everybody's putting up their hand now. Um, okay, so we go. Does, any, does anybody want to come across to the microphone and, and have a crack at the at the quiz? Yes, we got a taker. We got a taker from our live studio the audience. Right here and uh, right up here, close to the microphone, pop that headset on right there, and uh, we'll be up and running. Um, what's your name? Margaret. Margaret, welcome to the show. We're so glad that you can uh, be joining us here this morning. And whereabouts are you from, Mar- Margaret? California. Oh, California! California You've come from a long way. What? This is how good Ginderbine is. It attracts international guests. So we have one person here from California and another person from Wisconsin. My wife's from Wisconsin. Our producer, Shell. Fellow, fellow yep. American right there. So, um, well, welcome fantastic. to Australia. Thank you. <laughs> now, uh, have, do you live in Australia or are you travelling through? We're just visiting, but just I'm married visiting. to an Australian, so we kind of straddle that pond as much as we can. <laughs> That's nice. a big pond to straddle. Yeah. <laughs> Ever been to Ginderbine before? No, this is our first time. Isn't it beautiful? It's gorgeous. And do you like our studio? Yeah. It's like the best studio on the planet. It's <laughs> amazing. Have you seen the animals? <laughs> took pictures of kangaroos hopping this morning. It's beautiful, ducks. isn't it? Yeah. yeah ducks as well. I haven't seen the ducks myself. I'm excited about that. There's alpacas over there as well. Are you serious? There is alpacas. Alpacas? Yes. No way. That's exciting. Okay, so you want to have a crack at the quiz? You cannot serve God and mammon. Okay. Oh, very good. Uh-huh. Very good. That's specifically uh, the, the actual words of the Bible um, as they are quoted in the King James Version. And mammon, what would mammon be in modern English? For me, it would be things. Things, that's right. And I think the, uh, that's, 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 that, that's the exact answer. Um, and I think the well, it didn't know it is the exact answer, uh-uh. but she quoted it exactly. She quoted it exactly. Uh, do you know what? I'm gonna because you missed out on the other clues. So I'm gonna give the rest of them as well. So this is something. What am I? The Pharisees loved this. Paul says some people were eager to have this, uh, um, and they wanted from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs because they were so eager to have it. And the lame man at the gate called Beautiful asked Peter and John for this. Okay, so slightly more specific than things. Money. money. Yes, right. you got it. That's You're going right. to win the prize. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM this morning. And uh, we're back to our encounter with God where we are uh, um, looking at First Corinthians chapter 12. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, we were down to verse 14. Mon, can you read for us verse 14 and 15, please? The, the verse says, Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. 
If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less of a part of the body? Yes, and if the whole body was an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body was hearing, where would be the smelling? Mm-hmm. you got to love the KJV. Yeah. The smelling. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I've got some pretty good smelling in front of me right now. I've got a plate of breakfast. <laughs> that's because it's the breakfast show. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, so you know when you look at that right there, if 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 the whole church was made up of monikers, oh monikers, <laughs> what would the, what would the church be like? Just monikers, nothing no, else. I feel like it'd be a very big party, but nothing would ever get done. <laughs> <laughs> And no one would ever be there because we'd all be off travelling. <laughs> or running late. Or by, running by the skin of our teeth anyway. <laughs> Everything would happen at the very last second. Okay, but let's have a chat about what would happen if the whole church was a Lyle. No, let's not go there. Yeah, come no, on. No, if no. If we were we all Lyles. <laughs> Maybe I- we, we, would be, we would be lacking in music. <laughs> It'd be a very, very quiet congregation. <laughs> <laughs> because Lyle um, can't sing or play music. Yeah, there'd be no flowers. There'd be no nothing artistic or creative. No, there'd be artistic things. Oh, like what? I love industrial art. Oh, here we go. Yes. <laughs> there'd be like motors. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> How could you not? Oh, okay. Okay, let's go back to the... <laughs> don't get me started on the feminization of Christianity. That's a, oh, don't um, get me started that's on a, that That's either. a whole rant. Oh, the, yeah. no, no, no other religion has that. But I don't think we have does. enough time to 40, push the rant button the 40, this morning. The 40-60 split, see, it's already it's, it's started. Here we go. It, I'm going to okay. rein you back, rein right, you back. Right, 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 Do you want me right. to read verse 18? Yes. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Paul here is pointing out the obvious, isn't he? Yes. And he's talking about it in the context of the church. You know, some of the things that um, our, our, you know, Christianity is incredibly diverse, and just using our church as an example, you know, and, and, and this is the big movement that you have in Christianity. Christianity used to be uh, a religion of uh, developed nations. Mm-hmm. Now it's a religion of undeveloped nations. And it's interesting to see how that actually plays out because, you know, Christians who come from developed nations still think that Christianity is theirs. True. Whereas it's actually the religion of undeveloped nations. And so, for instance, in a church like ours, when the whole church gets together, uh, that's what we call a general conference. And we have delegates from you know all over the world. And, of course, the majority of them come from undeveloped nations. And so you have undeveloped nations making decisions because they hold the majority. And uh, you, then you have the developed nations, you know, sort of reacting like, oh, no, but um, we're the ones who should be making the decisions because we've been making them for the last, you know, 150 years. And sometimes it doesn't go down so well. Yeah, I've seen that happen recently, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is one of these areas in which we really need to focus on unity. We need to recognize that this is God's church, that God is in control of it, and that it is a very diverse church. And because of the diversities that we have, we need to recognize those. We need to embrace those diversities. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just the, the, the simple reality of uh, the environment in which we live. I think it's because also- we can allow those diversities to tear us apart if we want to. Yeah. It's an important reminder that we shouldn't abandon ship from the church. Because, you know, if you if your hand decides it no longer wants to be part of the body and it leaves, like the hand will die. It can't survive without the rest of the body. The body needs to stay together. 
You know, and you think about even the diversities that you have in your congregation, and I think that it's within Christianity that we see the, you know, the greatest success of multiculturalism that you'll find anywhere on the mm, planet. That's right. Um, you know, look around your congregation, or if you're not a churchgoer, then head along to a church, and you're going to see so much diversity there, and yet people all united in their in their in their dedication to Jesus Christ, their total surrender to God, to His will, um, their service to Him, um, and uh, you know this is really what brings uh, the whole world together and brings Christianity together. Oh, yeah, because Christ is the lowest common denominator in any church, and just like it says here uh, in verse twelve, that the verse that we started with, it is the body of Christ. It's not the body of Monica. It's not the body of Lyle. It's the body of Christ, and because of that, that's how we we achieve that unity through Him. Of course, and of course, Christ is the head of that body, mm-hmm. and. Nutrition enters the body through the head. Amen. Yes. yes. And mm. so our spiritual nutrition comes from Jesus Christ and then flows out to the whole body, to every single part of it to keep it alive. Uh, we're going to move on right now and we'll be back after Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. With the question of the day, Lyle. Oh, Ooh, yes, indeed. Exciting. i 
sing thy grace. Streams of mercy, never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I fixed upon it, mount of thy unchanging love. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Do you enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in. And a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there.
That was I Believe here on Faith FM. We are back with our question. It was not I Believe. What was it? It was called You Say by Lauren Daigle. <laughs> Did you just hear like the last like sort of, you Yeah, know, well, the last like chorus and then just. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Come oh, on. Oh, you're a crack up. You're a crack up. It is time for question of the day. Let it me, is indeed. Let me announce it last so you can uh, just keep your brain switched off over there. <laughs> You might not want me to have my brain switched off right now. Yeah, actually, we're going to need your brain in full capacity. It's time for our cue of the do. And today's question is, well, what's a heathen? Oh, a heathen. A heathen. Okay, so that sounds that sounds like really, really terrible, doesn't it? Does, it does, doesn't it? Okay, and, it's, and it actually has become quite a, uh, what do you call it, a perjurative term? Um, or a derogatory term to call somebody a heathen, you know, like like a, the worst of the worst of the worst. Yeah, and, of course, be. the word heathen goes right along with uh, words like pagan, mm-hmm. infidel, idolatrous, um, ag- apostatizer. Apostatizer. So all of these kinds of yeah, really bad, bad words. It, it actually, all it means is a non-believer. Oh, okay. That's all it means. Okay. In fact, you find it in the Bible if you go to the book of Galatians chapter 2. Let me flick over there real quick. Uh, Galatians chapter 2. And um, it, it simply believes it simply means somebody who doesn't believe in God or okay. uh, specifically Yahweh. And in verse nine it says, "And when um, James and Peter and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas. This is Paul speaking, the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the heathen and they should go to the circumcision. Two groups right here: the heathen and the circumcision. The circumcision were Jewish people; these were people who already believed in God, and the heathen were people who did not believe in God. Um, and so you've just basically got two groups: they either believe or you don't believe. So if you don't believe, you're a heathen." Simple as that. That's really simple. I never. I, I, it's not a pejorative. Pejorative. Per, per, it's a, not a. It's not a derogatory term. It's not a term that puts somebody down. Mm-hmm. It's just simply a term that states a simple fact. I wonder how um, it became a derogative term. Yeah, I, I. You know, I guess there's a few strong statements in the Bible and a few different places where uh, it um, discusses know, kind of, the yeah, fate discuss- of the heathen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, and it just doesn't sound nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's probably probably got a lot to do with it, but. 
Um, or, or you know, in today's in today's society, when we say you know this person is a non-believer and this person is a believer, you know that's not in any way putting them down. That's just simply a statement of fact, and that's what it was in Bible times. It was just simply a statement of fact that these people believed in God and those people didn't believe in God. Does not believe does not mean that they were necessarily um, you know atheist in any way, shape, or form. It simply means that um, they didn't believe in the God of the Bible. And so most of the people who are described as being heathens would be very religious people, very spiritual people, but they're not believers in the God of the Bible, and so this word heathen is attached to them. And it's not a put-down, it's just a statement. It's, it's just a way of differentiating between the two. Does that mean I can go around and start yelling, Are you heathen? at, uh, at people in the street who, you know, obviously look godless or something. <laughs> Mon, that might not be. <laughs> That might not be the greatest idea. Not a good idea. Uh, but some t- some people do wear that title with a certain level of pride. You know, in today's culture where yes. where, where bad is good, you know, and, and something, something's totally sick, you know, it's sick, man, mm-hmm. then it's it's kind of good. Um, and so some people are like, yeah, I'm a total heathen. Um, and, uh, and they wear it with a certain amount of pride. But um, it actually know. features a lot in uh, in pop music. Did you realize this? Because I had to I had to re- I had to look up an image to go with the question of the day so we could post it on our socials. And uh, I looked under images for heathen and was quite surprised at how many like albums and uh, song titles um, and, and, and all this kind of stuff involved heathenism. Yes, and that and that's really you know the the, the, the popular movement. You know, the, you got the whole. Mm-hmm. Counter-religious movement, the movement against religion, uh, which which does really feature in the music industry in a in quite an incredible way. If you look at the music industry, you're going to find, you know, even things like Beyonce with the "I Am," mm. um, you know, um, tour that she tour, had, yeah. tour that she did. You know, that's that's taking the name of God and applying it to herself. And so you do find a very high, much higher level of blasphemy in the uh, in the music industry, intentional blasphemy. Uh, in the music industry, where you find you know some artists who like to really uh, take it and just r- rub it in God's face, could that be so described as heathenism? Yes. Well, heathenism is the ism of not believing in the God of the Bible. Oh, thank you very much for answering that, Lyle. We appreciate you taking the time to answer our crazy questions. If you have a question, doesn't matter what it is, give us a call here. Our number is one eight hundred Faith FM one eight hundred three two four eight four three. We love to answer your questions, and we will use them for our question of the day. So stay tuned. Coming up, we have an incredible giveaway. inside me and you call me out to put me in you tell me I can start again and I don't need to keep on hiding I'm fully known and loved by you you won't let go no matter what It's not one or the other It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known Fully known and loved by you I'm fully known and loved by you It's so like you to keep pursuing It's so like me to go astray Truth, the kind of love that 
that's bulletproof And I surrender to your kindness Oh, I'm fully known And loved by you You wanna go home No matter what I do And it's not one or the other It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known Fully known with Known here on Faith FM. Lau, I'm absolutely going to miss this place when we have to go back to Newcastle. I'm sitting here in our in our glass tower. We're three stories up, surrounded by glass windows. I did get roasted this morning. You did, the, bit, sun, bit of, the sun came in. The sun was beautiful, now, though. And, uh, and just 360 views, this beautiful valley that we're looking out. Like We can see for like oh, hundreds of kilometres uh, in 180 degree directions, a mountain behind us. It's so wonderful. I'm, I really am going to miss it. And just, just FYI, like we, we have put out, we've built our pop up studio in this tower. But when there's not a radio studio in here, it's actually a lounge room and there's couches, comfy couches. And uh, when you win the Alpine holiday giveaway, you can come up here and you can sit in the exact tower that we have been doing the radio show in and you can enjoy the views without having. I'm looking at a bunch of alpacas pe- right now. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. Where are these alpacas? Right there. See? You're pointing at your wife. Uh, no. Oh, you're pointing past your wife. I was going to say, that's a bit nice. Oh, yeah, I can see the alpacas. Oh, that's so cute. I want to go pat them and steal that, I, their I wool. That, I knew that fluff would uh, distract them. <laughs> We're going to give something away. What are we giving away? We're giving away an alpine holiday, Lyle. Oh, of course we are. Of course yes, we are. Yes, right. yeah. You can come here and you can experience this place for yourself. You can come and sit in exactly the same place where we are sitting because we won't be here. Yeah, unfortunately. that's right. That's a bit sad, isn't it? So it's free. It's free accommodation. You get a weekend to yourself. You can have a, you can have a couple come. You can have your family come. You'll be staying in the top of the line accommodation here. It is beautiful chalet accommodation that you'll be staying in. All you need to do is call us now. You don't have to be the first person. You can be anyone calling right now because all you're going to do is register your details. Anyone can register. You know what? If you've called and you've registered your details, get your husband, get your wife, get your girlfriend to call up and register their details and you can be in the wedding twice. Are you telling people how to cheat? <laughs> that's not cheating. That's registering details. <laughs> <laughs> and tomorrow we will draw the prize. Uh, we're going to uh, draw the name out of a hat and give it to the winner. So, yeah, it's going to be a good day tomorrow. Okay, so stay tuned and we'll be right back um, tomorrow morning.
of ages cleft for me Let me hide myself in thee Let the water and the blood From thy wounded side which flow Be of sin the double cure Save from wrath and make me Thank you. 